Welcome to the Power of Prayer podcast. This program is a ministry of All Saints Church in Lakeland, Florida. Each conversation is unique because of the topics and participants who join the Reverend Kathy Hewlin in the discussion. It's our hope that by listening to these testimonies and discussions, your openness to hearing from God in prayer will grow and change the way you love Him, yourself, and others. On today's Power of Prayer podcast, I am joined by Phil Mays and Vicki Chastang, members of our Order of St. Luke Healing Ministry. And today we're going to talk about Holy Communion and the healing that we could receive through receiving Holy Communion. And because we're in the Anglican tradition and we have our Eucharistic prayers, I thought that might be a place to start. And this season of the year, our church is using Prayer A. With Prayer A, we have a recognition of what Jesus has done for us and what God, Holy and Gracious Father, in His love, you know, He made it possible for us to um, receive forgiveness of sins through Jesus, that we remember that in this Eucharistic prayer. And then we remember Jesus dying on the cross, that we talk about Him stretching out His arms upon the cross. So we get pulled into the narrative of what it means for Jesus to have come, the incarnation of Christ. And I think turning to the portion of um, when we're consecrating the element, the body and blood, um, that that's when we could really hone in on our receiving healing from receiving Holy Communion. Mm -hmm. So I want to read this part of the prayer. It says, Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. So that prayer right there, that the priest is putting their hands, hovering over the bread and the cup, and we're asking for the Holy Spirit to sanctify them so that they are the body and blood of your son. And we're not going to go into the theology of of that (laughs) at this moment, but just thinking about the beauty, the mystery, what's there in us receiving this blessed gift this consecrated gift and so then the next part of the prayer says sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament so then to acknowledge that we are going to receive this that has been blessed by god to be the body and blood of christ and that we are receiving it in thanksgiving so maybe could we start and just talk on that what does that mean Mm -hmm. for us as followers of christ to receive that good gift. Well, f- the word that immediately jumped out at me was the sanctify us. So if we're sanctified, we're being cleansed mm. and purified. Um, and I know that we, before we receive the communion, we've gone through forgiveness of sins. Um, we also are told in Scripture to consider our our hearts. If we have anything against our brother, that we should um, go and make that right. Same thing with us. If if there's if we know of anyone that could have something against us, then I think we should do what we can to you know correct that as well. If it's within our power to do that. So I think it's interesting that the sanctification is important in that in order for us to 
be able to receive this. I also feel like, I mean, personally, there's a cleansing and a, a sanctification that comes with the receiving of the body and blood of Jesus. Now, that may not be theologically sound, but it makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is very comforting to me, let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just a, a happy thing. Just uh, thank you, Lord, that I can receive sanctification, that I can receive the body and blood of Jesus and expect to receive all the benefits of that if it's uh, healing or restoration or uh, forgiveness, of course, um, then that is an expectation that I can have when I receive that. Thank you. And I, to your point about, um, yeah, it made me think of Thomas Cranmer and that in rewriting or putting together the prayer book that he made a special point in receiving the Holy Communion. It's about our way of receiving it with thanksgiving that that's where the mm-hmm. power comes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, that speaks to your point of that sanctification, that cleansing that comes. Yes. So that we say, then take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Hmm. Well, there are other prayers. So there's um, four prayers that we could potentially pray from the prayer book during Holy Communion. and. I was uh, also looking at Prayer C. This is on page 372 of the Book of Common Prayer. But we pray, Lord God of our fathers, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, open our eyes to see your hand at work in the world about us. I always love that line because it gets us outside of ourselves that, yes, we know in this moment that we are going to receive something from God, but then he also by this prayer, we're drawn to see the world and how God is manifesting himself in the world. And then deliver us from the presumption of coming to this table for solace only and not for strength. Mm -hmm. So that there is in this gift that we are receiving, it's just not to comfort us and for us to stay pulled back, but that it's to strengthen us, to empower us. Yes, yes. And then for, um, deliver us from the presumption of coming to this table for solace only, not for strength, for pardon only, and not for renewal is the other half of that prayer. Um, so not only receiving forgiveness, which we all need to, to come for that, but then to understand the renewing of that, that as we confess, as we receive forgiveness of sins, then we are renewed and strengthened. Yes. And so the healing nature of that line, I think that's something that we could all pray more about and continue to have those words linger in our thoughts mm-hmm. to guide us in prayer. I agree. I agree. And, and, the, and the consecration, um, is the beginning of the, the in, in, during the consecration, you're, you're offering these gifts to God. I think also it, pushes us if we're in the right mind, state of mind and body where we, uh, the ideal situation is to feel in the presence of our Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. which this visual representation of his body and blood then pushes us to the next step, which is being in the presence or being with God to feel his presence entirely throughout us and 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 more 
like uh, I like that last statement in that we're not here for anything other than to be in your presence, to feel your glory, feel your warmth, your light, and how blessed we are to be your creatures. Um, but but that's another aspect, I think, the, the, the full uh, Eucharist is the the presence of the elements that have been consecrated, but at that same time we can feel closer to our Lord, mm-hmm. being with Him, yes. and um, feel His warmth. I agree. Mm-hmm. Now, I, Vicki, just because of some of prayers that I've heard you pray, and I know um, there are evangelical traditions that will pray about the, the blood would you want to speak any of that? So sometimes you'll pray for healing for people and you'll talk about the warm living blood of Christ washing over them. Mm-hmm. And I know that that really can speak to some people, that that can be a ministry to them to hear that language. And, you know, there are times when I'm receiving Holy Communion, when I'm drinking from the cup, that I am thinking about this is Christ's blood. Mm-hmm. Right. Just the power of that. Would you want to say a little bit more? Uh, yes, um, I believe that the the blood of Jesus um, is cleansing and purifying, and um, my prayer is um, generally that the blood of Jesus would wash through our bodies and cleanse and purify anything that is not um, that shed blood was was that blood was shed for our healing by his stripes we're healed with those stripes came the shedding of blood and so that blood is is sort of a part of it that just sort of takes it another step um and i believe that that blood sacrifice that was made um was for our our healing and for our salvation and that we can ask that to uh, generally when I pray that it's for people who have some type of um, an illness maybe like cancer or, or something that they maybe have gone through a lot of treatment radiation chemo or they've had other types of diseases where there's been a lot of uh, chemicals that have been put in their body or invasive surgeries where there's a lot of medications that they've received and i think that that when i pray what i'm visualizing when i'm praying that is jesus's blood washing through us cleansing all that out of our body and making a fresh new space for cells to heal and to be renewed and to be strengthened and that healthy cells then can grow and um, can multiply in their body. And it also is getting rid of all the, the, the bad things that they have. And so uh, for me, there's healing power in the blood. And you're right, there are a lot of evangel- evangelicals that'll plead the blood of Jesus over every situation and circumstance. Um, but for me, when I pray that, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that it's the living blood of Jesus that is washing in and through us and over us, that's cleansing and bringing its healing power to our bodies, Amen. spirit and soul. Mm-hmm. And then it's having that, all that knowledge there and awareness and presence of mind as you're receiving Holy Communion. That you know, since the first time I received Holy Communion, I was a young child. And it was this little cup with grape juice in it. 
and it didn't have that knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's something that we keep living into and keep asking for God to keep revealing to us more awareness of what this gift to us is, mm -hmm. what it means for us to receive this. And so we're just asking our listeners and we're having conversation today to say, well, how can we really grow our our thoughts to look at the healing power of what it means to receive this, that it's, it's not just for the forgiveness, but for the renewal of our lives. Mm -hmm. so. Well, and it's one of the mystical sacraments. So there is a mystical part of it that we receive by faith. And um, and we uh, part of the, the Eucharistic prayers says the mystery of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So it's something that we absolutely cannot explain what happens in that transformation of the bread and the wine, the host and the wine. Mm -hmm. And I, like you, I was thinking this morning about um, I came from a background where we got our little cup of grape juice and our, our little tiny wafer, and we did it once a month. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't understand this. I mean, I heard the words, but I didn't understand the significance of it. And it wasn't until I became a part of a liturgical church and began to receive communion that I really could feel uh, in my spirit a difference mm -hmm. when I was receiving communion. Mm -hmm. Now, have any of us in that experience, maybe you're at the rail and something about that whole posturing yourself, you're kneeling, or maybe you genuflect before you come up. Is there anything about that full bodied experience or what it tastes like to go in your mouth or when it's the host is put in your hand that you can say there was a, a tingling of my hand or I sensed the Holy Spirit there in a special way? Is there any time that you can well, share I was, that? I was raised in the Catholic tradition, and um, <clears throat> and it was very sacred. As an altar boy, it it was that's back in the days when you'd put a patent under the the, the mouth of the receiver, mm. and if it dropped, and then as I became a lay Eucharistic minister, um, if it ever dropped on the ground, you immediately took a uh, cloth and covered it, and you would consume it afterwards. You would not pick it up and, and do it. So so that was always, the, the sacredness of it was always part of it. Because in, in, in the Catholic Church, it's obviously, you all know, it's called transubstantiation, where it's physically, and this is the mystery, and I still believe it's very strong in the Anglican Church. Um, the Anglican is... Grace is imparted at the at the uh, mm -hmm. consecration. In the Catholic tradition, it's transubstantiation, where it's actually physically the body and blood of Christ, and and that right there, I know it sets off a lot of different alarms and everything, but it is biblical, and the Lord's blood is a blessing, is a. Um, I had that question put to me by somebody I took the Eucharist to about the uh, Levites and sprinkling of blood on the people. Mm -hmm. So it 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 is a an ancient tradition, but at the same time, it's very real. And like you said, it's a mystery. It's part of which is where things kind of go off the rails sometimes uh, when doubters come up and say, oh, "That's you know, that's a fairy tale. That's a myth." Well. There's a lot of stuff and <laughs> that have that, but 
ours is secured in in actually the history of the church as well as Jesus, his actions. He described it down to a T. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Phil. And you know, healing is a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, people ask all the time, why are some people healed and others aren't? Why are some people healed instantly and others it takes a while? Um, why do why are some people healed, but they have to go through lots and lots of treatment and what have you? And um, Francis McNutt always says that it's one of the great mysteries, and only God knows the answer. And when we stand before him, if we're still interested, which we probably will not be at that point in time, we can always ask the Lord that question. Yeah. But we'll be fully in his presence. We will. <laughs> we'll be fully in his presence and, and overcome by his glory, and I don't think we'll care. You know, it'll just be, okay, thank you, Lord. But, but that is a big question and because uh, I know— I've had family members, as have you. We've talked about it before, who um, we we prayed, we believed, we did scripture every day, we received communion regularly, and they still went to heaven. And uh, so we have to believe that that was the ultimate healing for them. It didn't happen the way we wanted it to or expected it to, but it happened. And... Um, well, that's 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 a good point because as as humans, we want to be in charge. We want to call the shots. Mm-hmm. We believe that oh, you go to the doctor, you get some medication, or you get a treatment regimen, and it's going to all pop out right. Right. That's in our sense of reality. And like you said, the day that I cross over, I think my priorities are going to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm lucky, but 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 that whole that there is a part where we have to step back and and faith mm-hmm. steps in which is the mystery of our relationship with God but you can't have you can't have it both ways and that's the big rub now mm-hmm. that the secular world pushes we'll solve all this <laughs> and we 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 don't have the answers. No, no we don't. No. We absolutely don't. Mm-hmm. I just I I can remember. Um, um, I was referred when I, the family member that I had who 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 died. Um, we were meeting with our pastor to talk about her memorial service, her celebration of life, actually, and um, I remember him saying that. You know, we're mourning her absence, but he said, trust me, if she were given a choice, she would not come back and join us sitting in this room. You know, the coffee's great, the Danish are great, all of that, but she would not come back and and join us. And I believe that, you know, I believe that all these things that we try to analyze and rationalize in this world um, will be totally not even insignificant they won't even exist um, Mm -hmm. when we cross over Mm -hmm. and um, I do believe that there is just a beautiful beautiful mysticism about the uh, the Eucharist and I don't mean it in a kind of kind of thing I don't mean it that but it is it's just a just one of the things that's part of our belief and our relationship with the Lord. and um, I think it's the best part of the Mass. 
It's very sacred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it, like you said, it, well, well, the whole Mass is a prayer, but that's kind of getting to the heart of it right there. And then the blessing, and it takes you out of, at least for me, it, it, it generally takes me out of my surroundings. Now, I don't mean I'm mm-hmm. floating around and everything. All I'm saying is that, is that my concentration level changes because we are witnessing a divine gift that Jesus left for us to remember that. And that's where, the, to me, the blessing comes in and the fact that we are so lucky that we have that gift to keep, to, to just enhance our relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So Phil, you're really pointing to the transcendent relationship that we invite people when they're coming forward to receive Holy Communion, that that's mm-hmm. that invitation to that transcendence um, so that we can get our minds past just the ordinary mundane activities of life and that this is not just a wafer that some factory produced and we bought mass production, right? But that's no, right. this has been consecrated for us to have an amazing relationship with our it Lord is. and Savior. So. And that's a battle. Mm-hmm. And I, I have not personally experienced had a healing experience receiving communion but i've heard people give testimonies about it and i've read testimonies of people who received healing by receiving communion and um i just believe that when we take communion when we do it it just brings us so close to the lord and you're talking about that it's it it does it gives us um it raises us to a different level, mm-hmm. as you were speaking of, that we can see things from a different perspective. And um, I, when I when I don't get to have it, um, I really do miss it. And coming from a Baptist girl, it's that would be surprising. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably been Episcopalian. I know I've been Episcopalian longer than I was Baptist. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Maybe for, oh, did you want to say something, Phil? No. Okay. No. Um, because of just this feeling of worship, and it made me think of in Revelation 4 and 5, and these, these beautiful um, worshiping of God, worthy is the Lamb mm. statements. So maybe that's what I'll, I'll close our, mm-hmm. our time with today. So this is Revelation 5, beginning at verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with full voice. Worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. So we can be invited into that scene every time we receive Holy Communion, if we'd open our eyes to it and keep asking God, God, help me to see even more, but I'm going to receive this healing power from you in this gift. Well, thank you both for this conversation today. I've been encouraged and blessed by it. Thank you. Thank you.